It is Tuesday the 21st of January and this is the Monocle Minute. Today, did Mexico's president Andres Manuel López Obrador set himself up for a mission impossible when he vowed to tackle corruption in the country? Also, a call for unity at the World Economic Forum in Davos. The World Economic Forum gets underway in earnest today. But last night there was a concert, an international call for unity and joy, led by the noted conductor Marin Alsop. We hear why Alsop believes unity and tolerance are not lost concepts in 2020, and why Davos is an example of that. I am Marcus Hippie in London. The Monocle Minute starts now. It's been just over a year since Mexico's populist and still very popular president Andres Manuel López Obrador swept to power largely on a platform of promising to stamp out corruption. But how well has he been keeping up with his promise? Monocle's America's editor-at-large Ed Stoker joins me now. Ed, how well is the Mexican president faring in his fight against corruption? Well, he would argue he's doing very well. He's, you know, a confident guy and he talks about the fact there are over 600 investigations open at the moment. I mean, it's definitely worth noting that there's been a a big, big talk about changing corruption in Mexico. But one also needs to talk about the scale of the task at hand. People have talked, experts have talked about Mexico being a failed state in the past. There have been several high-profile incidents, including, as you may remember, the disappearance of 43 male students in the state of Guerrero back in 2014 and the sort of subsequent scandal and botched investigation of that. So there's sort of this endemic and systematic corruption and graft that seems to be at the very core of, of, of Mexican politics, or certainly has been over the last few decades. So the, the scale of the problem is huge. Uh, his detractors would say that in the just over a year that he's been in office, he hasn't yet achieved anything. And so he really does need what Donald Trump would certainly call a win. But he'll be hoping that 2020 bears more fruits in his first year in office and that some of the uh, investigations that are opened against former uh, politicians come to a head. And there are suggestions, as I think we're about to talk, that some of that may happen. Well, do you think there is a win to be seen as one high-profile case is back in court in New York today? Well, yes and no. I mean, obviously, we're talking about the case here of Genero Garcia Luna, a former public security minister uh, in the government of Felipe Calderón. So from the PAN party, uh, obviously a a different party to AMLO's, as the current president is known, AMLO, his uh, Morena party. So this is, you know, to give AMLO his due, this is an inherited problem. The second thing to know, obviously, is that this is actually taking place in a courtroom in New York City. Uh, He'd been living in Florida before he was arrested. And so this isn't taking place in the US. He is linked with El Chapo, the famous Sinaloan kingpin, drugs kingpin. He's accused of of taking bribes from El Chapo. He's already pleaded not guilty to that. The court hearing today 
will, I guess, clarify a little bit what's going to happen. There's a suggestion, which we don't know fully yet, that he may strike a plea deal to shed more information on people around him. In a way, I think AMLO would like to see that you know, done and dusted in a way, because that's not exactly good PR. It's not good for the country brand for these sorts of cases to be making international headlines. And obviously, the fact that it's in New York, in a way, means that it's going to possibly even garner more attention than it happening in Mexico. What we learned a few weeks ago is, according to AMLO, is that apparently he's reached an agreement with the US for a former governor, again, wanted on corruption charges, He's called Cesar Duarte from the state of Chihuahua uh, to be extradited from the US to Mexico to face trial. That would be, I think, more of a win, arguably, because that would be bringing someone who's been, who was on the run for several years uh, back to Mexico to face trial. And, you know, the fact that he's a former governor in a way gives it a lot more weight. So I, th- I think, you know, I was talking a moment ago about how 2020 is such a, a key year for AMLO to prove that he's making strides in anti-corruption. And I think, you know, cementing, and we need it to be corroborated, uh, Duarte's return to Mexico and trial would be one of those major wins for sure. Well, of course, Ed Stocker, thank you very much. Up next, a view from Monaco's editorial floor. The World Economic Forum gets underway in earnest today. But last night there was a concert, an international call for unity and joy, led by the noted conductor Marin Alsop. The concert brought together a mix of musicians from veterans to youth orchestras and tenors to sopranos and from countries including Brazil, Japan and South Africa for a rendition of Beethoven's Ode to Joy. Alsop, who is conducting a special series of concerts across six continents this year in honor of Beethoven's 250th anniversary, says her goal is to show that unity and tolerance are not lost concepts in 2020. That might sound like idealistic claptrap. The world seems far from unified in 2020, particularly with Donald Trump on his way to Davos again this year. But Alsop had some rather nuanced views of the Davos Forum when we spoke to her for our special Winter Weekly issue. Davos might be an exponential gathering of wealth, she admits, but it's also a reflection of what's happening in the world, and as such is adaptable. Take diversity. When Alsop was first invited back in 2005, she found herself surprisingly inspired by the focus on philanthropy and came away energized, despite the fact that women were barely represented. Good thing then that Davos has changed with it. Where the 2005 Forum had a lone breakfast event to discuss gender, this year equality is a key focus, along with climate, sustainability and polarisation. Yes, diversity remains a struggle, says Alsop, but an increased openness should be welcomed. Better to work with the world's richest to tackle the world's biggest problems than to ignore the thorny issues. 
Then elsewhere on today's agenda, Denmark's Ministry for Transport has unveiled its latest blueprint for an ambitious link between the Jutland Peninsula and the large island of Zealand and included a surprise change, a railway line. With an increased focus on public transport, it just might be a worthwhile investment. According to the government, the link would reduce travel time between Denmark's two largest cities, Aarhus and Copenhagen, by as much as 90 minutes. In Kyoto, Nintendo's former headquarters will be turned into a hotel. The building, completed in 1930, was occupied by Nintendo for almost three decades. Celebrity architects Tadao Ando and hospitality company Plan Du are behind the project that is an example of a shift in mentality. At one time, old houses and offices were routinely torn down in Kyoto, but these days authorities see the value in preserving the townscape. And as tourism to Kyoto has skyrocketed in recent years, new hotels and preserved traditions are much in demand. And in Germany, Berlin City Museum has launched a five-year project called Postcolonial Remembrance in the City to develop exhibitions and cultural festivals marking decolonization. One aspect of the project, street names honoring leaders of the Reich's imperial expansion will be changed. Peters Ali in Wedding, for example, which takes its name from German East Africa company founder Karl Peters, is to become Anna Mungunda Ali after a Namibian independence campaigner. Read more about today's stories by subscribing to our daily email bulletin at our website. I am Markus Hippi. The Monocle Minute returns on Wednesday.